Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. We are back for another episode of The Stroke Report. Hope you guys are having a great morning on this beautiful Friday. Actually, it's not very beautiful. It's about to be uh, drenched uh, by the time this podcast comes out. we got a huge storm front coming through uh, the southern United States. But uh, anyways, guys, it is Jacob Myers from the Southern Outdoorsman. I am super excited for this week's episode. Like always, uh, you know, The Stroke Report, this is the time I really start enjoying The Stroke Report is when stuff is really getting hot right down here in the south. Um, 
we're about to be opening up a couple other states in the next week or two that we'll be adding to the list. I know uh, there's a couple of youth seasons going on right now in the Midwest, uh, and those seasons will be coming in relatively shortly as well. So it's about to get really, really good guys. But on this week's episode, we have a great lineup, a great group of guys. Actually, one of them has already tagged out in Alabama. Uh, so we're going to hear from him in a little bit as well, kind of get an idea of really what's working for him. And uh, we might actually do a full-length episode with him this weekend. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But, guys, anyways, like always, uh, Houndstooth Game Calls is the provider and the sponsor for the Strut Report, and we do highly appreciate them. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, about a couple weeks ago, uh, Field and Streams uh, magazine came out for I think the month of April, and uh, Houndstooth, uh, the Houndstooth uh, KB Hen was the top uh, new call for the year uh, from the Editor's Choice. So it's pretty exciting to see that happening, guys, and be able to see them kind of have the growth they've had in the last few years. But once again, guys, we are very appreciate them for having them as our main sponsor for this year. I've uh, been running their calls for a little while. So, guys, with all that being said. Please go check out their calls. Check out that KB Hen. I mean, everybody I know that's been using it absolutely loves it. Even guys that uh, got us addicted to using the uh, the Vixen from Houndstooth, which is a great call, is now switching over to the KB Hen. So you know it's got to be a good call when these guys have been running the Vixen for years now, and now they're switching over to the KB Hen. So, guys, check that out on their website. Uh, you can go to their website at houndstoothgamecalls.com. Check it out, see what you uh, think about it, try it out. I mean, again, it won't hurt, especially as fast as their shipping is. Uh, they, they normally will get you that shipment within two to three days. Uh, man, you can have it here and try it out for the last half of the season if you're in Alabama or Mississippi. So have fun with that, guys. But I won't ramble on too much longer. Uh, just going to let you guys know the giveaway uh, for our turkey hunting setup with the shotgun uh, 870 shotgun, uh, 12 gauge, 3 inch chamber, hydro dip by Baker's Hydrographics um, in the Mossy Greenleaf camo with the box of Apex ammunition, uh, Indian Creek choke tube, and six, uh, 665 constriction, and uh, the three calls from Houndstooth Game Calls and the Bottomlands hat. And to top it off, the Onyx uh, Elite membership giveaway. All that, we will pick the winner on Sunday. This coming Sunday, we'll pick it at probably about 7 o'clock, but we will announce it on Monday's episode. Okay, So you're going to have to tune in for Monday's episode to figure out who won, and then once the winner uh, gets in contact with us, we'll ship them out uh, everything and get them ready to go for this season. So anyways, guys, just make sure you have uh, done everything correctly to be entered to the win of the giveaway and uh, get ready for it because it's going to be awesome. But... I'll stop rambling, guys, and we'll jump right into this week's episode of the Strut Report. All right, guys, and first on the line, we have our buddy Paul Thorne from 3rd Regiment Game Calls. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing excellent, man. I'm glad to have you on. And, uh, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's, it is good to be here, especially after uh, your fall with your with your with uh, this fall you had with your accident uh, in the vehicle. That was that was absolutely crazy, so it's good to see your having a somewhat of a speedy recovery and getting out there for turkey season. Now I got one turkey on the ground. Yes, sir. So awesome. Well, let's uh, kind of jump straight into this uh, week's episode and I uh, kind of go through some of these questions. You know, the very first one I want to ask you is, you know, how have the birds been gobbling for you since you've been out uh, since season's opened about a week now, a little over a week, man, they've been gobbling just fine. I ain't had any complaints about them gobbling. Awesome. Now, have you seen them uh, or first off from your, time in the woods are you seeing them right now are they kind of flocked up with a bunch of hens or are they starting to separate out and kind of do their own thing well they're roosting separately the hens are in one area the the jakes are sometimes with them 
But when they hit the ground, the, the Jakes, I don't know why, but they run off looking for a gobbler to fight. And uh, they're all together. Big groups of Jakes this year, bigger than I've ever seen. Well, that's kind of funny you said that. Uh, uh, um, Dave Owens from the Pinotti Project, we were talking with him uh, about a week ago hunting up in uh, North Alabama. And uh, he said he was seeing the same thing up there. Some of the biggest groups of jakes he's ever seen in a few years now. So 2020 ought to be pretty freaking awesome. So it got me excited. But, uh, yeah. yeah. well, kind of jumping into, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, birds are kind of separated in the mornings, but, you know, they're trying to meet up in the daytime, uh, you know, the hens and gobblers. Are they gobbling much on the ground from what you've been seeing, or is a lot of it still on the tree on the roost? Oh, yeah, plenty, plenty from the ground, plenty, plenty from the roost also, but, uh, I mean, they're they're constantly telling you where they're at. Um, they'll answer your calls. I, I don't have one complaint about. Uh, I, I hear all these people complaining about they hadn't heard a gobble yet, and I think, well, bless their hearts, you know. But <laughs> I mean, I haven't had I haven't experienced that, uh, and I'm hunting the same pieces of property that I've hunted for several years, and and uh, I don't want to say this is one of the best years, but I don't have any complaints about the way things are going this year. Yep. Well, hey, I hear that. Which one thing we haven't stated, guys, for everyone that's listening right now, but Paul is reporting down from South Georgia, uh, so he's representing Georgia this week's on this week's episode of the Strut Report. Now, you know, Paul, anything else that you've been seeing when it comes to uh, just the food sources? What food sources right now are you seeing these birds hit? Uh, if there is that, if there's just one major food source they're touching on right now, I haven't I haven't noticed, but just the one that I opened up his crawl, the the one turkey I harvested. And he had he had plenty of acorns in it, um, but I don't know if that's due to you know what he's picking up scratching along the way or if they're. I've seen turkeys in treetops this year. We had a lot of trees fall during Hurricane Michael, mm-hmm. and just about any section of woods I've been in is littered with you know big big trees, bunches of them, and you know they're free to hide among the treetops and go in and out of them. And I don't know if they're eating you know, fruit off the, the, the treetops that are down or if they're scratching it, getting it off the ground. But they did have a lot of acorns in there. All right. Well, that's something good to see. We uh, had the same report coming in from um, from Tennessee as well a couple weeks ago that uh, just still hitting a lot of acorns just because green up hasn't really happened yet and they're not really bugging. But, you know, Paul, can I give us a rundown on what tactics right now are working for you? I know before we jumped on the podcast, uh, you were saying, you know, for every hunt you've been out this year, uh, you've pretty much had a long beard. You were looking down the barrel at a long beard every hunt. But again, you know, you're, you're trying to truly find a, a big bird. Uh, but, you know, what tactics are allowing you to, you know, get in those situations with birds, you know, within range all the time? Uh, I, I assume you're asking about getting the, the bigger birds in um, and not just the, the jakes. But what has worked for me is the jake yelps. They, of course, they don't draw the jakes as well, but, but, uh, I haven't I haven't had a lot of success doing the hen yelping with uh, you know for the big birds they they'll answer me but not give it a whole lot of thought you know kind of go on about their way and if they come they come but but uh, I've I've been witness to three different events where when I yelp, yelp like a Jake they uh, it brought in other Jakes and the two of them got together and they had to sort it out and that was of course that's always fun to watch but. Um, it, it got them fired up. The big birds got fired up doing it. And I wasn't able to, wasn't able to tag one of them, but uh, it's just a matter of time for, for they'll get, you know, they'll make their mistake. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Jake Yelps is something that we definitely have been trying to implement more so uh, this year along with last year as well. But, you know, it's something that I think the the average turkey hunter, especially the new turkey hunter, they don't even think about making a, you know, yelping and doing a Jake Yelp in the woods. They're always thinking, you know, be a hen, be a hen, be a hen. And a lot of times from what we've seen and also from people like you, you know, have told us is you really can get those birds fired up when you got a Jake out there. You know, you're doing a sequence, maybe you're doing, you know, assembly yelp or whatever you're doing. And then you start doing some, you know, loud Jake Yelps behind it, uh, you know, that can really fire up some of those birds. So it's cool that you're, you know, really seeing that happen this year. Now, or even, or even a Jake gobble, if you can gobble like a Jake or a, you know, do your best at it, they'll, they'll respond to that too. Hmm. Now, are you doing that on a mouth call or box call or what do you yes. do that on? Yes, I'm doing it on third regiment, uh, ghost cut mouth call. Gotcha, gotcha. I would have to, I need to hear that. That's a, uh, that's something I've, I've been trying to learn how to do a, do a gobble on a mouth call. And man, is it kind of tricky unless you do it like our buddy, uh, Rick Taylor up in, uh, Tennessee and just freaking just shake your head back and forth and do it. And it's, it's goofy sounding, but we've had some birds, uh, fire off at it, but yeah, that'd be something interesting to see, you know, someone do, especially if you can target and do a, a you know, a true Jake gobble. Um, but now, you know, kind of wrap up this report coming in from Georgia. You know, Paul, what's a tip you'd leave for the listeners for them to maybe, maybe in your opinion, go and try to find a bigger bird? Uh, you know, especially if they're trying to find, you know, quote unquote trophy turkey. And we'll get into that, you know, after we kind of answer this question. Uh, you know, we don't like to tell all our secrets, but <laughs> <laughs> um, patience, of course, but don't shoot the first turkey that comes in. Most, most every big turkey I've killed. If they were with a group, they were a subdominant bird. They had longer spurs, but their time in the in the front of the line doing the strutting was over pretty much. On I want to say better than fifty percent of them. And when when I'm talking about you know better spurs, I'm talking about inch and a half or better. And I got more than a dozen of them that size. I'm not not bragging, just a fact. But but better than half of those, I would say were subdominant birds that that uh they got they got shot that you know you would have assumed the bigger bird was the one doing the strutting but that's that's just not always the case so you know it's not always easy but if you get a chance to look them over look them over <laughs> well yeah especially now kind of you know kind of to wrap this up give us a little run through you know for any of our listeners that don't know about you you know we had you on last year uh for a couple actually a few start reports and, uh, you know, you kind of told us about, you know, you spit and drum a little bit. You got a call you made, kind of do some spit and drumming. But, you know, kind of explain to some of our listeners, you know, what are your goals for this season on uh, some of these streaks you're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to continue uh, when it comes to turkey hunting? Okay, well, uh, the one goal I had was just to get out there because of the bad accident I had. But now that I'm out there, I have two things I'd like to accomplish. One of them would be to uh to limit out in georgia for for another year that would make 37 consecutive seasons and the other one being i'd like to continue my streak of inch and a half or better spurs and consecutively if i get one this year that'll be 10 years in a row so i'd really like to you know uh, accomplish that but if i don't i won't have any hurt feelings over it I, you know i know that's a long streak to to you know to be able to build on but it's really every year that i've done it it's amazed me that i was able to yeah and that's that's the absolutely fascinating you know 
you know, me being a relatively new turkey hunter, you know, I would, I would absolutely die to get a bird with an inch and a half spurs. Actually, our buddy, um, uh, Jared Smith just killed one this year. It was, um, I think it was almost an inch and, um, almost inch and three fourths. I mean, it was a ridiculously huge bird. Uh, he's actually getting it officially scored right now for, um, the state of Alabama. And if, it, go, if it goes through, it might be the fourth biggest typical ever killed in Alabama. But, you know, when, when it comes to targeting those bigger birds, you know, how much does it come down to, you know, first of all, it seems like you got to be in the right, the right counties that have those, you know, those genetics for long spurred turkeys. I mean, is that, is that the case? Or do you think you could find that quality of turkeys, you know, throughout Georgia, if you looked hard enough? Well, I, I can only speak for what, what I've seen and it, there's just no telling where they might pop up. And the reason I say that I've never killed two of them off the same property and at least three of them I know of, I've killed on properties I'd never been to before. And with all the turkeys there, the biggest one on the place showed up that most people never knew was even there. The host would tell me, man, we didn't even know we had this out here. Hmm. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm saying it's, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. I, jo- I joke sometimes and tell people, well, I only call to the big ones, but but that's just that's just a joke. <laughs> I was gonna say you need to teach me that calling sequence. Then, if that's the case. Well, everybody assumes that, that there's a magic call or a magic brand or a magic sequence or something like that. It's amazing. They wanna they wanna know your your edge on it, you know. But uh, I, I honestly can't say I've ever treated any one bird any different. Now, I do a, I do a lot of drumming with a call I made a few years back that is not on the market. I mentioned it once before. Um, I haven't brought that out this year yet because it ain't time yet, but it won't be long, and, and they'll they'll start responding to it. But but as it is right now, uh, they're responding really good to Jake's. Then I'll see a phase where they'll respond to hen calling, and then after that, it's, it's not easy to tell exactly when, but uh, the birds tend to get tough, and that's when I start doing the drumming because I – run out of the bag of tricks you know awesome well i hear that well paul man we appreciate you coming on for this week's episode we'll definitely have you back on throughout the season hopefully for a full-length episode i still want to come down there and, and meet you first on person and maybe be able to see your your man cave of some of these birds and uh do an in-person podcast i think that make for a heck of a time but until then okay. paul man we appreciate it and uh you have a great rest of your weekend okay i enjoyed it thank you very much all right, guys, and next on the line, we have our buddy uh, who is an absolute turkey killer, Jared Smith, uh, who's with Mossy Oak Jebs and Appalachian uh, Custom Calls. Jared, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Jacob. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> I'm not doing as good as you are, man. You freaking tagged out in Alabama before freaking April 5th. Like, what's what's going on? <laughs> so... I'm just sitting around waiting on turkey season. Can't wait to start <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to get you into hunting some out of states man you need to go hit like i think you could absolutely destroy some georgia or uh tennessee public land man i got some i got some some places that you ought to check out but anyways yeah guys so, yeah jared's already tagged out in alabama and uh i think you said you killed all of them on public land right yes sir yeah yep, first time i've ever done that that's awesome god man killed your biggest bird this year and then you killed and you tagged out all on public land that's ridiculous so that's awesome man congratulations Thank you, buddy. God is good, man. You're right about that. Well, without uh, taking our listeners' time too much, let's uh, kind of jump right into this week's report. And, of course, guys, uh, Jared's going to be reporting on the state of Alabama. 
Um, so let's kind of jump straight into it. You know, Jared, you've been out uh, quite a bit up until you just tagged out a couple, I don't know, a couple days ago. Uh, you know, how have the birds been gobbling for you over, say, the last week or so? Man, I ain't heard hardly no gobbling. As a matter of fact, I ain't heard no gobbling. Uh, the first week I heard one bird going crazy. Uh, I didn't kill him. And then I made those two gobble I already told you about. Uh, didn't kill them. And all the rest of them have been silent. But somebody was on some public land locally yesterday, a friend of mine's dad, and he heard four of them gobbling, four different birds. Uh, hmm. But I haven't heard none hardly. Now, yeah, which is kind of interesting because, you know, I, you know, one of the spots, you know, we, we hunt, a uh, spot that you hunt as well, public land parcel, and uh, we we got on some birds. That was probably about a week and a half ago that were just freaking lighting it up, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about that a little bit later after we get done recording because I can't let anybody let anybody know about that. But anyways, um, you know, another question, you know, I'd like to kind of hit you with is, you know, I know you told me before we started recording, you've been checking the crawls on all your birds, but, you know, what food sources have you seen, especially like from this last bird, but maybe this last two birds you've killed? Is there anything that you've seen that they're actually kind of really focusing on that maybe you haven't seen in the past? Little nuts and berries, a lot of nuts and berries, uh, some green grass, uh, some some bugs, and this year I've been finding little yellow flowers. I'm not sure what they are. i got to look them up, but usual same the usual as every year just a mixture of all that i did find a big old look like a grasshopper in one the last one um i didn't even know grasshoppers are out yet but i guess they are hmm. uh, but them yellow flowers i've been finding them and i've been looking in the woods for them a little tiny yellow flower i'm about to find out what that is and um uh, that's about all i've been seeing in them i've cut open every one of them this year i always do and look and see what they're eating mm-hmm. so the usual green grass and some nuts and little red berries. Now, you know, from these birds, especially the last few birds uh, that you've killed, uh, you know, are they right now kind of flocked up with hens? I mean, are they pretty tight with hens right now? Or are you seeing any kind of lone birds, lone gobblers by themselves? Yeah, they're, they've been by themselves. Um, most of them, I don't look at the hens really want to mess with the gobblers right now, but some people are saying they are. Just where I'm hunting, I haven't seen that. Uh, there were four hens the other day, and this gobbler come right in there, and he was by himself. They didn't have nothing to do with him. Um, another gobbler, I think it was number four, he come in by himself, a midday bird. Uh, that's a tip I'm going to share with the listeners here in a little bit. But, yeah, I think, I mean, it's kind of a weird year. They're not, I think it's all happening later in the year than it usually does. I don't know if that's because of the weather, you know, cold weather. I can't put a finger on it, but to me, it's not like heated up yet. So I think mm-hmm. it's—I think that's coming. But usually, it happens a lot earlier than this, and that's just my point of view. Uh, you know, just seeing things the way I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's kind of exciting, though. That again, you think that it hasn't really gotten hot yet? Because for guys like me and Andrew who haven't killed a bird yet, man, that's got me more excited because put some more time out there. Uh, I know I'm going to be trying to hunt. Uh, I think me and Andrew on Sunday are going to be hunting some. Uh, some public lane on North Alabama. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of good to see that again, maybe it's a little bit slower this year. So again, guys like us, uh, who's been striking out so far, maybe the, a lot of these, uh, quote unquote, I'm like, 
I'm kind of a weekend warrior, but some of these other weekend warriors that hopefully will give up by this week <laughs> will give us a little less competition on these poke lands uh, once it does get hot. So that's awesome. Now, uh, yep. you know, let's kind of go over, you know, some of the tactics uh, that's been working for you lately. Uh, I know we talked, we talked quite a bit before we started recording. And, uh, you know, you were telling me a couple of different tactics that's really kind of working for you lately. But, uh, you know, kind of relate that with the listeners. You know, what is working for you lately when it comes to just kind of getting on some of these birds that aren't talking? Just being patient, sitting still, doing a lot of walking, uh, looking for them. Um, one of those birds I killed, I was walking, walking a little pine ridge. And I walked in as a good ridge, just real quiet. And I got up there and I saw a bunch of scratching. I said, look at here. So I sat down, called light. It was a midday bird. Uh, called light. I couldn't scratch the leaves or nothing. I just was real patient and got comfortable and sat there where them scratches were. And about 3 o'clock, here he come by himself. He was uh, 80 yards. He, he puffed up and strut twice, but not a, a hard strut. Uh, he puffed up twice, and then I soft called. He come on in and walked straight down that ridge right to me, and uh, I made a good shot and dropped him right there, but he was by himself. Uh, I just been It's been real windy and kind of cool. Uh, in the mornings, I can't strike one. I've tried owl hooting. I don't do much owl hooting, but I've tried owl hooting. I've tried just listening. Uh, just ain't heard much goblin this year, so I've kind of just walked a lot and looked for them. Um, I can go into my, my last bird, if you like. Yeah. I did that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, feel free. Well, I got up, and I was on some public land over here and walked, walked and got to this high point of this clear cut and listened. Um, that's where I heard that one gobble couple weeks ago so i was sat up there listening didn't hear nothing so i decided to walk and walk the road and look for tracks it was so early i was just real quiet i just figured i'd bump something but i just kept walking and looking for sign and um i hooted a few times and nothing so i sat up on a good good point and called nothing uh, about two hours i got up and called set up another spot called again nothing I said, well, it's getting real windy. I'm just going to walk around. So I started walking around and walking around this big old clear cut. And I'll come over this little hill, and I was being real quiet. Uh, as soon as I come over the hill, I saw his neck. He knew something was there, but it was so windy he wasn't sure, and his head was stretched out, and he was in some tall grass. And I made a, a good, pretty long shot on him, dropped him right there. And, you know, if I'd have sat there and called and, Nothing would ever happen, but I was aggressive that, that morning, and uh, that was yesterday morning. And um, so when it's real windy like this and I ain't hear nothing, I'll get up and walk 10 miles if I have to and looking for them. And if I jump them, I'll go back the next day or, you know, a couple of days later and hunt that area. They'll be back. Yeah, that's one thing you, you told me in the past is, and I think you maybe mentioned that on another short report is, you know, if you bump a turkey, you don't really worry about it all that much. You know, it kind of gives you an idea of where they're at because, you know, from what you've seen is they really like working those same areas over and over again. So if you bump one in one area one day, a lot of times you can come back there the next day or, the, or maybe a day or two later and you're going to find them there again. Exactly. They might they might change year to year, but you have to find them. And they usually like that area for a reason. But, you know, um, some of my best spots this year is like, nothing i mean i sat there all day dark dark nothing i ain't heard nothing seen nothing no sign it's like wow but you know half a mile down the road there it is and there wasn't no sign there last year so you have to find them year to year 
but they're, you know, they usually like a spot for a reason. Well, now, kind of uh, to wrap up this report, you know, what's a tip for the listeners you'd like to leave them that's maybe something, again, that's been working for you so far this year that, again, maybe they can start implementing uh, going forward, especially myself. I, I need all the tips I can get right now. <laughs> my, my number one tip this week would be uh, midday hunting. Uh, I absolutely love midday hunting. Um, they usually, you know, done with their hands. The hens are usually done with them, and they wander a little bit, and the woods are sometimes, you know, people leave and go eat lunch and all. So midday hunting, oh, man, I don't care if it's windy, what it is. Midday hunting is is awesome for me. Um, um, that'd be my number one tip because a lot of people go home and, you know, you have the woods, not to yourself, but it's usually them turkeys are, they're usually looking, you know. The hens done left and went back to their nest if they're on the nest. And uh, that, uh, that's going to be my number one tip right there, but I love midday and mid uh early afternoons man that's a good time yeah I'll vote. matter of fact matter, i'm sorry but matter of fact my all my birds this year have been midday and later is first year i ain't killed one in the morning yeah that's interesting you know that's i've heard from uh yesterday from, morning no it was like yesterday morning but you can call that morning i guess yeah well i mean i've heard from other guys you know just other you know skilled turkey hunters that you know if a bird gobbles you know after you know 10 or 11 o'clock a lot of times that's a bird you can easily kill as long as you don't just absolutely just you know screw up on them but it's a bird that's pretty much as uh i've heard other guys say that they want to die um exactly. so so that that's kind of interesting you know i've uh i haven't run into that situation yet this year which you know we've been hunting uh some midday as well but haven't got on any birds that's at least wanted to talk or haven't stumbled upon any birds at that time frame but that's something i'm definitely gonna try to implement but uh anyways jerry man we appreciate it hopefully uh we're gonna be able to meet up with you sometime this season maybe go on a hunt now since you I got a little bit more freer, even though you got to get back to work and uh, get ready for T-ball and everything else. But, man, that'd be awesome. And also try to get you on for a full-length episode going over, you know, a little bit of everything you've been doing this year. Uh, I mean, this is the uh, second year we've known you, um, and you've tagged out once again before April 5th, which is awesome. So congratulations, brother. And, again, we'll have you on uh, sometime later this season as a full-length episode. So we appreciate it. And y'all do a great job, buddy, and it's my pleasure. All right, guys, and next on the line, we have our buddy Matt Persons down from uh, Mississippi, uh, who's also with Houndstooth Game Calls. Matt, how you been doing, man? Pretty good. How about y'all? Oh, dude, not not as good as some of these guys we've had on the had on this episode. <laughs> but, uh, dude, yeah. been good. Getting on birds, just can't, haven't been able to close the gap. Been busting way too yeah. many birds early season. Yeah. So, yeah. Easy to do. Easy to do. Big flocks. Exactly. Yeah. You think you think a gobbler's all by himself? You get in there and there's hens everywhere. And they start flying, yeah. and then there it goes. Yeah. There he goes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. But uh, anyways, Matt, you know, let's kind of jump straight into this week's episode. You know, you said you're hunting uh, pretty much. Uh, you said East Mississippi, West Alabama, roughly in that area. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm right on the state line, kind of in the central part. Uh, so yeah, we're 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 right here, strat kind of straddling the state line. I, I and I venture out. Uh, a little bit in both directions, but uh, right here, you know, within 20 miles or so of the state line most all the time. So Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, kind of jumping straight into this report coming in, you know, definitely representing Mississippi, but also, you know, that western side of Alabama. You know, how have the birds been gobbling for you over this last week or so? Yeah, well, it's uh, the past week or so, it's it's been much like the, you know, the rest of the the season really uh it's they're, they're pretty day to day uh you find one every now and then that's 
you know, just blowing the doors off and maybe two or three here that here, you know, that same day, but you know, go back to the same spot the next day and you won't hear a peep, you know, so they're real, real day to day. I mean, it may, you know, you may, uh, if you find one gobbling good and can get on him, you can, uh, you can go, I mean, you can kill him a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's been tough for, for a lot of folks just cause you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to talking about it here in a little bit, but flocks have been big. Uh, they're starting to bust up some now, but, uh, it's, uh, from a gobbling perspective though, I think that's, that's got a lot to do with it. You know, they've, they've got, they've got what they need and, uh, I mean, they're only going to gobble so much. It's got everything to do with competition, too. I mean, our turkey numbers here seem seem way down, as you and I talked about sort of before we got started. Um, but they, uh, I, I, you know, you get a get a year where uh, where gobbler numbers are up, and they're having to compete more for those hens. I mean, naturally, they're going to gobble more. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, for for us, though, I mean, you know, speaking for the area I'm in, we're uh, we're, we're definitely definitely down i mean you know if you were looking at a whatever 10-year average i would say we're we're on the lower end i would if, if i was if, if if i had to to guess where we're tracking you know yeah and in the areas you're hunting right now uh you know you said before we started recording you're hunting mostly private land you know dabbling a little bit yeah. of public as well but yeah. you know have you noticed any certain food source that these turkeys are hitting on right now or is it pretty sporadic yeah so uh first season you know our turkeys here are uh, are staying in the creek bottoms and uh you know close to closest to uh the river you know in river bottoms and creek bottoms just closest to the water or the wetter your wetter ground just because that's where a lot of your food is uh whether it's acorns or uh fresh vegetation that's that started sprouting out due to that wet ground and that warmer you know during the warmer days uh now they're starting to transition back. They're really the the food sources is very similar. It's it's still tender green vegetation, but that tender green vegetation is moving out away from those bottoms now, and you're getting more of it up on the hillsides as everything starts greening up more. So you're getting a lot more turkeys uh, <clears throat> that are moving out of those bottoms and up on the hills, and it, it's a function of the hens going to nest as well. You know, a lot of a lot of hens are going to move uh, up on a high spot to nest as opposed to nesting along those rivers and creek bottoms just because, you know, it's their their natural instinct to keep them away from an area that's going to flood a lot of times, you know. So, uh, but it, you know, as far as the food source, it's mostly what from what I've seen, uh, those, those, that tender green vegetation that's just right now sprouting out and, uh, Yellow flowers, you know, we, you mentioned uh, you mentioned yellow flowers earlier. If you can find those fields of those yellow flowers in them, particularly around here, a lot of those are either cow pastures, which are fine. You're going to continue to find them there, uh, generally in a wetter area, or uh, crop fields, which right now for us, a lot of those are being sprayed during burn down, getting ready to plant crops on. So uh, you're running out of them there, but where you can find them, they love them. So. If I had to, if I had to narrow it down to two general food sources right now, it'd be you know those yellow flowers and that tender green vegetation that's sprouting out just because we're we're progressing on into spring. So yeah. Now earlier you mentioned about turkeys still being flocked up, they're starting to break up. But I mean, have you seen that transition uh, of these turkeys starting to break up? These gobblers breaking off these bigger flocks in the last week or so, or what stage do you think it's at right now? 
Yeah, so we uh, we're, we're definitely seeing turkeys breaking up more uh, than they were. You got we're, we're seeing lone hens often, you know, around thick spots. So there's there's definitely uh, a subset of those hens that are nesting or are are going to the nest, uh, you know, later in the day. Um, <clears throat> I think early in the morning, uh, you know, you're we, we're, what I've seen is uh, still got quite a few hens roosting with gobblers so that's that's obviously something else that's affecting gobbling um but uh we've we've gotten to the point in the season now where uh, obviously if you're seeing them on the nest later in the day you know you get uh mid to late morning you're going to start finding more and more gobblers that are by themselves uh so we're, we're getting to the period now where um, the later you go in the day, a lot of times the better the hunt's going to get, you know, to a point. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we're finding gobblers that are by themselves right now. But, uh, like I said, with our numbers being <clears throat> down the way they are, uh, that they, they have to gobble less to find hens, obviously, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's more hens out there that are, that are looking for a gobbler just as actively as the gobbler's looking for a hen. So, um, you know they're 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 just having to work less to find them so finding turkeys that are by themselves uh right now with with turkey numbers where they where i think they are is uh it's it's just it's it's sort of slowing all of that down you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh so it, it's just uh it's this tough but i mean you know like like we talked about prior to the prior to getting started you know if you can uh if you can find one and get get in there with him, you know what I've from what the turkeys that I've been around, you know if you can get in there where you need to be and get set up on him, you know they're they're killable. So, yeah. Now, kind of going to, you know, more of a tactics based question. Mm -hmm. You know, what is something right now that, you know, whether y'all kill some birds or not, but what's something right now yeah. that's helping you at least locate some birds or get on some birds or maybe kill some birds that's happening right now that maybe someone can start trying to, you know happen and try to use whether yeah. they're hunting alabama mississippi louisiana georgia whatever you know still early part of the season uh when yeah. stuff's still slowly getting a little hotter and hotter as you know each day progresses you know what's something right. you'd recommend these guys to try out so i'm a the the older i get it seems like i'm a the the more low pressure uh style hunter i am so i'm not the type i'm not the type turkey hunter that's going you know, I may run over 2,000 acres in the morning, but I ain't going to run all over 2,000 acres in the morning yepping the bark off the trees. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ease through there and uh, just sort of let it happen how it wants to. You know, I'm going to be listening for – I'm going to stop when a crow hollers. I'm going to, you know, stop and listen when woodpeckers are squalling. That's something else. I, I, I mentioned crows. I mean, when turkeys are not gobbling a lot of times, you know, you can, you can listen for those crows and sometimes, you know, they'll give away where a turkey is, whether he gobbles or not, just cause they like to pester them, you know? Um, <clears throat> but as far as, as far as tactics for killing them right now, from what I've seen, uh, which just goes for really any time, uh, is getting where they want to be. So, so knowing the turkeys in your area, knowing the land, I mean, you know, everybody, Everybody wants to talk about being a good woodsman, and that you know it sounds really cliche, but that is a big part of it. I mean, knowing knowing how you know this, knowing how this ridge rolls off, and knowing you know if if I go another hundred yards, there's a thicket right there that I can put uh, between me and this turkey to make him come up here in this open timber and have to look, you know, in gun range. Mm -hmm. uh, 
or just just little things like that you know making a turkey do something that you know i mean it's hard to make a turkey do something don't get me wrong but you know putting him in a situation where he has to do something and mess up you know and when he messes up you're you know it, it allows you to capitalize on it you know um but as far as as far as getting them in gun range right now um it's either it's either catching them without hands which is a crapshoot i mean as we just talked about or getting in their bubble really you know finding that turkey and getting in there pretty tight with him just and making it easy for him to come to you in other words you know uh it that's not always easy to do but i mean you kind of got to put yourself in his situation you know if he's I don't know, just a hundred yards out on the edge of this ridge, uh, gobbling every now and then, gobbling enough for you to get to him at least. And uh, you know that there's a little road or trail that runs to him. Well, I mean, make it easy for him to come to you. You know, get as close as you can, but make it easy for him to come to you. And don't don't just get up there and and burn him up with a bunch of calling. You know, leave something to leave something for him to wonder about. You know, just get up there and. Give him a little cluck and a soft yep or something. Let him know you're there, but you know it don't. Every turkey's not gonna come to you just, you know, barking down through the woods yepping constantly. You know you gotta, you gotta gotta finesse them into doing something they wouldn't have normally done uh, when when times are a little tougher than normal. You know, so that would be my tip. You know, I, I think uh, I think there's a lot to be said for woodsmanship, which you know you'll hear a lot of people say. But I think putting yourself in a situation to uh, to make a turkey do something that uh, that basically basically allow him to make a mistake that allows you to kill him. You mm-hmm. know, that's a, that's kind of a cliche way to say it, but that's the easiest way I know how to know how to to tell you without getting a stick and drawing it on the ground. You know, so well, it's like especially if you're hunting. You know, we hunt a lot of public land, but it's like right. you know, putting your it's like knowing to not put yourself in a situation that that turkey is going to instantly want to hang up at a hundred yards. Like, yeah, like he was on, on the end of a wide open hardwood ridge and you step yeah. on top of that ridge and you can see 80 to hundred yards and you try to call him to him, whether you're using decoys or not. I mean, it's going to be hard yeah. to get that bird to come. He's going to walk up there 80 to hundred yards and look down through there. And I mean, you know, we're already working against nature here. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's way more natural for the hen to go to the gobbler than it is for the gobbler to go to the hen. So we're trying to get we're trying to get him to do something that's really, you know, <laughs> against his native caution anyway. So, uh, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. You know, just just put a role between you and him where he's got to come up there and look to see, you know, that there's there's not a hen there. And when he does that, you know, make sure that where where he's going to be able to see you from and see that there's not a hen there or whatever, make sure that that spot's in gun range, you know, mm-hmm. that way, you know, you're, that's what I mean by, by making him, making him make a mistake. You know? Yeah. And, so. I, and I've heard other guys like uh, Dave Owen say this, that, you know, if you can step somewhere where around you, you know, it might be open cover, but around you, maybe there's some down trees or something that could possibly exactly. hide a hen and it just makes it that much more realistic that when that turkey comes up, he might not see it, but maybe he thinks, you know, there's some down trees and stuff that maybe she's on the other side of it and it can kind of help pull him a little bit closer to you. Uh, That's exactly and- right. Uh, good example. Last, I don't know, I think it was uh, uh, last Sunday morning sometime anyway, I had, uh, it was actually my brother-in-law was with me and uh, we had this turkey gobbling on the roost and he flew down. It was real open in there where we were. And we sat down for it, got good daylight, and I, as soon as it got good daylight, 
I think I actually told him out loud, I do not like this spot because it was just, I mean, it looked like Walmart parking lot in there under the trees, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Turkey flew way down. Uh, I didn't call to him in the tree. I don't, I don't really, I don't really call to a turkey on the limb a whole lot. I was way too close to be calling him in the tree anyway. And uh, he flew down a long way, straight away from us, <clears throat> and hit the ground. And the minute he did that, I had picked the thicket out. I, I want I'm saying a thicket. It's you know, it was just basically little blackberry vines about knee high. But you know, when you sit down in that, you know, you can't see through it. You know, from a turkey's level, he can't see through there and know what's on the other side of it, you know. So that's what I'm calling a thick spot. I could we could see out of it pretty good, but anyway, we got up there and, and moved to that thicket that way or put the thicket between us and the turkey. That way, when he came back up there, which I was confident he would, uh, he would have to either walk up in the thicket with us or come around one side of it, all of which was going to be in gun range if he did that, you know. And what that did was it kept him from being able to walk up there to 80 yards and look and see that there wasn't anything there, you Mm -hmm. know. So, So we made him make a mistake that helped us kill it. So... That's, uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a killer technique. And that, you know, that's another situation where, I mean, soft and seldom, you hear the soft and seldom type don't, you know, don't call too much, but, um, that, that's a good, that, that, that's a good situation not to do a bunch of calling, you know, cause I mean, if he, if you're, if you're sitting there doing a bunch of calling a lot of times, he's, you know, he may sit out there and, you know, cause you're just as fired up as he is. Well, sh- you know, shoot, I'm going to just sit here and wait on her. You know, I mean, she, I got all these, you know, I got, I know there's another hen on the other side of me right here. She, you know, I can just, I can just hang out with her till, till this one gets here. Well, you know, by, by just giving him a little bit and letting him know you're there Well, you're one that he did, that wasn't there yesterday. You know, he didn't hear you fly up over there. You're a new one. So there's, 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 some, there's something there that he, you know, he's, you know, well, this is a new girl in town. I got to go over and check on this one, you know, and then when he gets there, he can't see from a hundred yards that you're not the new girl. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's a long way of saying, you know, just use what you have there to try to make that turkey make a mistake. Yep. No, that's huge. I mean, and another situation that kind of, that came to my mind is, you know, there's, there's a public land that we hunt in uh, Alabama. It's got, it's just, they don't, well, I'm not, I probably shouldn't give too many details. Anyways, they, uh, <laughs> it, the pines on the property. I was about to get my pen out. Yeah, no, yeah. Bob Walker told me the same thing when we were talking to him at the show. He's like, he's like, so this place has this place has X, Y, Z. Oh, I think I'm, I'm going to start looking on the maps. Yeah, I'm like, you, yeah. you like you dirty dog. All right. But uh, anyway, so this property on some of it has you know pretty wide open pines with absolutely no vegetation underneath it. Yeah, and yeah. you find a lot of birds in there, but like you sit mm. on the ground and like you, you're you're so out see in the forever. Open. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You, you can see forever. You're out in the open, and it's like nothing you can do. But every now and then, there's some patches of just like greenbrier. Like exactly. I mean, they they might only be twenty foot wide by yes. fifteen foot long. And that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, and just like now looking back at because we busted many turkeys in those areas. I'm like, man, if you could find those little briar patches and put that in between you and the bird and oh, just man. set it where that briar patch is 35 yards from you on the other side. And when he comes around the edge of it, just bang, just don't, exactly. don't give that's him a chance. Right. So. That's right, exactly. And that's, that's, that sounds exactly like the situation we were in. You know, I mean, it's, it, was, it was a pine plantation and it was, you know, it needs to be thinned. <clears throat> it doesn't have a lot of underbrush and it was just wide open. 
and what it was where that thicket, you know, it was a tree had fallen there and let, you know, let the sun in and that stuff had sprouted up. So that was what created the thicket that we set up behind. And I mean, that's, that's just, that's just, you know, little stuff like that. You got to, you just got to use what you got at your disposal. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, Matt, man, we appreciate you coming on this week. I know our, our report ran a little long, but uh, I think I think a lot of the listeners probably got a lot out of it, especially anyone hunting these areas, kind of like what we've been describing, you know, yeah. especially in a little more open areas where they, they're not logging right now and they're not really running fires through. So, you know, I think yeah. someone could take these tactics and really kind of go out there and maybe, I don't know, maybe they get in a situation like, hey, you know, I heard Matt say this, maybe I should go yeah. over here and try to find a little, you know, a little thicker cut or something to put in between me and the birds. So that'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. We're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We're going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.